Hi, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Brooklyn Symphony Orchestra podcast. I'm Sarah O'Keefe, and what you just heard was Kachaturian's Masquerade Suite. So I've been excited about this episode and about our next concert for a while. The BSO is holding its first ever concerto competition, and I'm going to talk to our three very talented finalists today. This is our final concert of the year, and it's going to be on May 22nd at the Brooklyn Museum at 2 p.m. To wrap things up, I'm also going to check back in with our conductor and artistic director, Nick Armstrong. So it's always interesting for me to see what the common experiences are between the musicians that I interview. In the case of our three finalists, these common threads are especially apparent. They are juggling music and school, very demanding uh, music programs. So all of our finalists were generous enough to talk to us. Uh, We interviewed them each over the phone, and I asked them each how they came to play their instruments and to tell me a little bit about the piece that they're playing for us. Before we start, I'll give you a quick rundown of who's who. Uh, Ethan Cobb is going to be playing the Elgar Cello Concerto. He is uh, in high school in the pre-Juilliard program. Ching-Yu Chen will be playing the Dvorak Violin Concerto. She's also in high school, also in the pre-Juilliard program. And Ki Duck Park uh, will be playing the Mozart Clarinet Concerto. He's a freshman at NYU studying clarinet performance. So here's Ethan Cobb uh, telling me about how he came to play the cello. So both of my parents are musicians, and my mom is actually a cellist. And um, when I was in fourth or third grade or something like that, she just gave me a cello and, you know, just to see if I would like it. Before that, I was playing piano since the age of three or four or something like that. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of had no idea it would uh, turn into this passion of mine, but I actually hated it for the first four years. Yeah? <laughs> just getting used to it or practicing? I think just I I couldn't play in tune, and I always had an ear for intonation, and it just, it, it kind of just, uh, it, it was more annoying than it was, like, gratifying for me at the time, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, switching from piano where you where you have, you know, pretty assured intonation. Yeah. Yeah. That would be tough. So I'm curious, you're in the Juilliard program. What is your practice schedule like? How does that work? So this year has been tough, I must admit, but I try to get in um at least uh, an hour every day if I can. Um but before junior year it was more around two to three hours, but um, the, yeah, this year because of the homework schedule and standardized testing and such, yeah. uh, it's gone down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> and here's Ethan again, and I've asked him about how he came to play the Elgar Cello Concerto for us. I actually learned it um, at the beginning of this year. I kind of pulled a fast one at uh, Julia Pre-College. The concerto competition for cello this year was actually that concerto. And uh, six weeks before the actual competition, I decided to learn the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I did that, and I ended up uh, really loving the concerto. So um, it's it's stuck with me since. Here's Keduck Park on how he started playing the clarinet. I chose the clarinet because the clarinet takes so many voices. Um, it could be jazzy. It could be very sweet and gentle. Yeah. It could be very funny or like and like to be honest, you can pretend to be anyone you want with the clarinet. So 
yeah, really lets me speak all the feelings. It is a very expressive instrument. That's that's very cool that you thought about that. <laughs> Thank you. How long have you been playing? Um, I started the clarinet when I was ten. Okay. But I started with the piano when I was four. Oh yeah. Because yeah, my mom is a pianist, and I switched to clarinet. Switched to clarinet when I was ten. Do you come from a very musical family? Oh, uh, my mother is a pianist, yeah. and my father is actually a professor of ocean engineering. But on the side, uh, he likes to compose and play the guitar and sing. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Here's Kiduk Park uh, telling me about how he came to play the Mozart clarinet concerto. I love to play this piece, and I thought other people would like it too. And to be honest, this Mozart clarinet concerto is just so wonderful piece for clarinet. It's almost perfect. Yeah. And I thought it was um, pretty special because it was written two months before Mozart's death. Oh, really? For the clarinetist Anton Adler. <laughs> oh, cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Have you watched the movie um, Amadeus? I have. Oh, you have? So, um, you know how, like, Mozart's personality is? Mm-hmm. So I thought um, I could mimic those personalities with some um, parts of the concerto. Oh, cool. And lastly, Ching Yu Chen telling me about how she got started on the violin and playing the Dvorak Violin Concerto. I've been playing violin for almost 12 years now. Cool. Um, I am also a violinist. I play in the second violins in the orchestra. Fantastic. Yeah. You know the struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I do indeed. So you're in high school? Yes, I'm a 10th grader. You're a 10th grader. So how old are you? I am. I just turned 16. <laughs> okay, cool. I go to the Dalton School, which is on East 89th Street. Okay. Uh, it's a private high school that is very vigorous and um, academic. Yeah. But I think... That in order to, in, for me at least, in order to be a, a, a musician that plays with meaning, mm-hmm. I believe that um, I believe that we should learn. We should learn history. We should learn English. Mostly the subjects that are related to art. I would suppose especially history because, yeah. we, as, as we know, music is closely intertwined with um, history. So yeah, I am a full-time student. Yeah. But uh, but I'm a part-time violinist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't agree with that more. I was a history major in college, and uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's a wonderful um, companion. That's right. So you're going to be playing the violin, and you're playing the Dvorak Concerto. What drew you to that piece? Um, I think it was it was more of how it was grandeur, and everything was there was obviously big moments in the piece. Yeah. But I think it's just those moments of sorrow those moments of peace i think it really spoke to me because it doesn't really make it a piece if everything is just loud everything is just one one style one vibe one color and i think that this piece is very colorful and i would like to portray what i think my interpretation should be that's how i learned it in the first place so those are our finalists i want to thank them again for their time and wish them the best of luck at our concert on the 22nd
to finish up our episode and our first podcast season, we've brought our favorite Brit, Nick Armstrong, back into the studio. Hi, Nick. Hi, Sarah. Welcome back. It's great to be back. Thanks for coming in. So I wanted to ask you here today, because we're finishing up our season, I thought this would be a good time to reflect and maybe talk a little bit about everything we have coming up next year. Sure. Just a preview. Yes, absolutely. I'm happy to yeah. do that. It's been quite an exciting season, too, so far, don't you think? Has. I'm very happy with the way things have gone. Um, so we've got our concerto competition. You were one of our judges. Right. Who is going to be judging the finalists um, on May 22nd? We have five really interesting people coming in uh, to work with us. I have to say I don't know one of them because okay. um, Kate Stocker, our president, found him. I know he's associated with Julia. That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. We have a very well-respected violist by the name of Arling New who's coming in. Cool. We have a composer... And a big name on Broadway, actually. And, and he writes for the Emmys, uh, does a lot of work in Hollywood. His name is Glenn Roven. Awesome. And we've actually played one of his pieces before. We played The Runaway Bunny, which was a piece he wrote for violin solo and narrator of, a, I think, a very popular American storybook. Yeah. Um, Nancy Jo Snyder, who uh, heads up the chamber music okay. program at American University, is coming up from D.C. to listen to this. Wonderful. And Igor Begelman is a clarinetist, um, well-known in New York. Um, mm-hmm. He was a soloist with us about 12 years ago. We did a piece by Richard Strauss called The Duet Concertino for Clarinet, Bassoon, and String Orchestra. And he was a soloist with us for that. Very good. Very lovely man. And he's happy to come in and, and listen to this, too. So we do have a cellist. Nancy's a cellist. Um, Igor's a clarinetist. And Eileen, excuse me, Arling is a viola player, but we can forgive her that. <laughs> And the reason I bring this up because our three finalists are a violinist, a clarinetist, and a cellist. That's right. So I've made them promise that they won't come in with any preconceptions or biases for their instrument, that they have to listen carefully yeah. to each of the students coming in. Or at least they can mostly cancel each other out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's wonderful. So I actually, how is it going to work? So we're playing the three pieces, and then we have two sort of in-between pieces that we're playing, which I love. Do we have a finalist by the end of the competition? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we've worked out that we will start the program with the Debussy Petite Suite, mm-hmm. which is oh, quite lovely. so beautiful. And then the three soloists will play. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to have them pick straws on the day of the concert so they won't actually know what order they're going to play in. Oh, fun. Which will add a little frisson of yes. excitement for everybody as we get into the, the concert itself. Um, and then we will end the program with the Ravel uh, Le Tombeau de Couperin, mm-hmm. which is also another lovely French Impressions piece. So beautiful. And I'm hoping it's just long enough that the judges can go away during that and debate yeah. and come back at the end of the concert with the three uh, placements. If not, we can play do, 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 <laughs> should get that ready. We can keep, you keep going with the Jeopardy thing for another half hour. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talk about first and second and third place winners, but yeah. really these kids have come so far and they're such extraordinary musicians already. Yeah. That within the orchestra, I think we're feeling, we're, we're considering them already as winners. Mm-hmm. Certainly. And to do first and second and third place is really just kind of an audience excitement thing rather mm-hmm. than anything else. So um, yeah. as I've been talking with them, getting into this, I've been in, in, telling them that we consider them very much equals at this point. Mm-hmm. Another day, another set of judges, and it could be entirely different results. So, for sure, these competitions—they're great to do. They're great fun. Yeah, I mean, I so I didn't. I actually, I'm excited because I didn't hear any of these kids play. Right. Um, I uh, volunteered to help out the first half of the audition day, and they all came 
during the second half. But judging from what I heard during the first half, I mean, all of the kids were really incredible. So I can only imagine. Well, we heard 22 of them that yeah. day. And they really, the the top six or seven were pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best thing about the young ones, we had, I think, as young as nine. Yeah. And uh, our nine-year-old was really quite extraordinary. Not ready yet to play with an orchestra, but certainly the, the groundwork is there. And oh it's gosh. so exciting to give a forum to these young people to have the opportunity sure. at least to, to show what they can do. Yeah. So I'm very excited that we've done this this year. I'm hoping that it will become a regular part mm-hmm. of the orchestra's programming. Maybe, maybe every two years we should do a competition. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think it's worthwhile. And certainly it's, it's also a way of building an audience with young people, which is something we have to do. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Um, I think it's really valuable and really fun for all of us. So we have something very exciting coming up next season. Are we allowed to talk about it? I'm not sure what you're talking about, but yes, let's. <laughs> if you give me um, enough of a clue, I'll, I'll jump the right in. The Brazil trip. Oh, the Brazil yeah. trip. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I think this is a really wonderful, exciting uh, yes. thing that we're doing. It's a great thing because I think we've been recognized as a as a um, almost one of Brooklyn's treasures. And this invitation to go to Brazil comes from a Brazilian conductor that we know, Linus Lerner. Yep, who, who I, I interviewed um, yes, exactly. yes, a, couple, a couple episodes ago, yeah. And I think the fact that he enjoyed us so much and extended this invitation is a, very, is a big pat on the back yeah. to, to all of the orchestra members. I, I can't accept credit for it because I wasn't there. I wasn't playing or conducting, but... Um, Your but- influence is ever-present, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Um, so he so he uh, conducted us uh, this past February, I think. Yes. Um, and and we had a really wonderful time with him. And he's a part of this music festival in Brazil, and that's what he's, that's what he's invited us. He's certainly part of the artistic us. direction of the Gramado. It's a Gramado music festival. Yeah. Um, right down in the southern tip of Brazil, up in the hills, yeah. up in the mountains, I think actually. Um, and he's invited us down there, so that's that's very exciting. Yeah. It put a little bit of a question mark around the programming. What do we do so that we can still do a concert here in February mm-hmm. and perform there? So I've come up with a program which I think is really fun. Um, there's a British piece, because if you can't tell, I'm from England. <laughs> uh, there's a piece that celebrates Brazil, and there's a very famous American piece that recognizes where we come from. Mm-hmm. So the British piece is the Two Suites for Orchestra um, called Facade by Sir William Walton. And um, Walton wrote a set of, they can't really be called songs because the poetry is actually spoken. Um, Nonsense poetry by a a very well-known British woman named Edith Sitwell, part of a very influential family in the 1920s in England. Mm. Um, Very surrealist, very um, nonsensical. Tremendous fun at the same time. And he said that for voice and seven instrumentalists. And then somewhat later in his career, took several of his movements and created an orchestral suite from this. Oh, so we're cool. doing the orchestral suite. The reference to Brazil is from an Italian composer named Ottorino Respighi. Mm-hmm. And our listeners may know him for pieces like The Pines of Rome, um, yeah. The Birds, yeah. uh, a lovely piece of string quartet mezzo called uh, The Sunset, Il Tramonto. Um, but he, he went to Brazil, I think, in the 1920s and was so struck that he came up with a piece called Brazilian Impressions, Impressioni Brasiliene. And so we're going to do that. I don't think it's done very often. It's been hard to find even a recording of it. Yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful piece. Very, it's, um, again, another Impressionist piece, but typically uh, Italian Impressionism, I think, which you don't normally think of, but it, I think it fits that bill very well. But with the sort of rhythms and the sounds of, of Brazil that he captured very well. So I'm excited to be doing that. 
And we will take that to Brazil at the beginning of February and then come back and play the same program at the Brooklyn Museum at the end of the month. That would be wonderful. And then the, the last piece is a Gershwin, correct? And the, the Gershwin, American, of course, yeah. American in Paris. Yeah. Yes, oh, which takes us out of, out of New York and into Europe. But yeah. yes, American in Paris is a big fusion, quintessential um, American piece, really. Yeah. Um, well, that's really exciting. And I thought it, I thought it's, it would be fun to give everyone a little preview right now. Our actual season starts next October. It does. Um, but I don't know. We've had a lot of firsts recently. Um, our relationship with the museum is going to continue. Um, and then we'll be in Brazil. We were just uh, fortunate enough to play a group of us, a group of the string players in the orchestra. Mm-hmm. We were invited to play for the Brooklyn Museum's annual Artists Ball. And we were featured during the dinner for two hours during the dinner. So that was that was great fun. It was fun to do, yeah. but it was a big um, a big step up again for us at the museum to have that, this connection with them. Yeah, chances are, you know, if if people are at major Brooklyn Museum events, they might start to see us. Yeah, like well, yes, abbreviated versions of us playing yes. here and there. That's yes. been starting to happen. Yes, um, which is a lot of fun for all of us. Is there anything you want to cover before we? finish off the year? I just want to, to do another forward-looking thing to next season. So yeah, I'm sure. excited about our principal cellist, Cynthia Racine, yes. is going to be playing the Shostakovich first cello concerto with us, which is quite our extraordinary. final concert next year? That is the final yeah. concert, big Russian program. So a year from now. Yeah. So a year from now, we look forward to that. And the Borodin Second Symphony and the uh, Night on Bald Mountain by Mussorgsky, which is a very fun piece for the orchestra very, to do. Very so fun piece. I've already to listen to, so have fun with that. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be really great. Um, Cynthia stepped in and uh, played a, a solo for us last minute. Yes. Two concerts ago. Yes. Actually, and the same concert with, with um, Linus Lerner. Yeah, with Linus. The Brahms um, double. And and just blew us all away. So I'm yeah. really excited and happy for her that we're that we're bringing yeah. her back. I thought that's wonderful. I'd like to say this: this is so much fun to do with you, and, oh, and thank, thank you, you so much for, for for taking such an interest in the orchestra and being so supportive of us and what we're doing and mm-hmm. and being part of the orchestra. And that's very important too. To thank you. Thanks, Nick. This has been so much fun, and it's always great to have you in. My I pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who has listened to our first podcast season. And I have exciting news. We are now on iTunes. Please do take a minute to subscribe. And we are also on Stitcher, if that is your preferred mode of podcast listening. And if you're not into either of those, you can always find us at brooklynsymphonyorchestra.org, where you can also purchase tickets for our concert on May 22nd. Thanks to Dana Villarreal for her expert help in editing and producing the podcast this season. We are going to take a break for the summer, but please stay tuned for new episodes at the start of the next season in the fall. I'm Sarah O'Keefe, and thank you for listening.